Ladies and gentlemen, this is FM 91. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, Auburn's premier home for student-run radio since 1971. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside my color man, Davis Carroll. We'd like to welcome in our listeners and viewers from across the Auburn Opelika Megaplex and around the world, however you may be listening or watching us today, whether that be from your terrestrial radio antenna from the Information Superhighway at WEGLFM.com, or tuning in after the fact on Transistor.fm, listening to our podcast, or watching us on Eagle Eye TV. We are happy to have you in the booth with us for Auburn's only student-run drive-time morning show. And now, of course, as always, we are broadcasting live from the Bradley Basin WEGL studios here in the Harold Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University, where it is a, you know, a lovely 68 and foggy outside this Tuesday morning. We're welcoming you into Compact Discourse. I apologize for the technical difficulties. We're starting a little late today as a result, but we hope that they will be resolved for the future and we can move on in a punctual manner for the rest of the show. So with that, I will ask Davis, how are you feeling today on this foggy autumn morning? You know, we say on Compact Discourse, you got to go 1-0. So far, I feel like I might have gone 3-0 today. Wow. Feeling good. Had a nice workout with friend of the show Chris. Working on a project right now, I think. Uh, had a nice hearty. Uh, had a nice breakfast from McDonald's. wasn't ideal. I was gonna make my own, but my eggs were bad. I think they're mm. floating. And then I had a nice walk in the be- in the uh, not the beautiful, but the very nice feeling weather. Had some classical music playing. I was very zen walking to class. Very very good to hear. I feel completely recharged. So it's great to have you in with the show today. Thank you for making it on and already going 3-0 and today. So that's what we like to hear. At this point, I would like to remind our audience that if any point in the next two hours you feel so inclined to ask us a question, drop a hot take, or in the highly unlikely event that we get something wrong, you want to correct us, you can go ahead and call in at 334-844-9345. That's 334-844-WEGL on your touchtone keypad. You can also send us a tweet at CDISCAU, that's at C-D-I-S-C-A-U, on Twitter. We would love to hear from you. We got some great interaction yesterday, so if you just want to send us a tweet, we would love to have your tweet on the air. Join the discourse, if you will, and um, we'll have our dedicated team of uh, screeners handle your inquiry. All right, enough of that. We'll get on with the show. Welcoming you in is the 12th of October, 2021. Uh, it's about 8.21 a.m. as we currently sit here in the Bradley Basin WEGL studios. Uh, having a great morning so far, um, save for the technical difficulties, but all is well so far as I can tell. Um, we're going to jump right in with a few campus announcements. The uh, Let's Talk Money student seminar with financial literacy coach Eric Smith has been put on by Regions Next Step and the university. Students are invited to set themselves up for success and learn how to tackle student loans, establish credit, manage debt, save money, and maximize resources in the Let's Talk Money seminar with renowned financial literacy coach Eric Smith. 
Smith has provided financial wellness sessions to more than 125,000 college students, and including hundreds of Auburn students and athletes. This seminar is open to all students, and the free seminar will be hosted on Wednesday, October 20th. That's about a week from now, from 3 to 4 p.m. in the Melton Student Center right here in Auburn, Alabama, room 2107. This is sponsored by Regions Bank. The session is part of Auburn's academic partnership with the financial leader, and it is an exciting educational opportunity for students to build a social foundation for future financial success and help improve overall financial health. So that is what is going on right now. That is coming up next week. The Let's Talk Money Financial Wellness Seminar with Eric Smith is coming up next week. Something that is happening this week is, of course, heyday. One of the greatest Auburn traditions is returning to the Plains in full force. Once again, it is mid-October, which means it is time for heyday. Heyday is, in fact, tomorrow. So heyday and Auburn tradition will take place tomorrow, Wednesday, October 13th, dating all the way back to World War II. Auburn University student body and members of the SGA pushed for a day that would unite the Auburn family and promote a friendly atmosphere known as heyday. Each year, this tradition is carried out by handing out of name tags and encourage students, faculty, and the rest of the Auburn family to greet one another with the Auburn spirit in an effort to bring all of those parts of Auburn closer together. So heyday is tomorrow, all day long, but uh, on the campus green from 10 to 2, WEGL will be hanging out there with all of you on the campus green, so go ahead and get your name tag and head on over to the campus green tomorrow morning and afternoon to hear some tunes from WEGL uh, live on the green space, and there's always plenty of exciting stuff going on uh, with the SGA on heyday, so probably some free food, free music, free dancing, free shirts, free stuff, all that kind of good stuff is going to be taking place on heyday, and that is tomorrow, October 13th. 2021, all day long, but WGL will be on the green space from 10 to 2. Uh, I know in the past, the system has been, there's been tables around campus where you can grab your name tag as you walk in uh, in the morning, and then uh, you can just walk around with your name tag all day and say hey to everybody with a name tag. All right, and that is going to be heyday tomorrow looking forward to it that is an auburn tradition that we always look forward to and are happy to be a part of here at wegl all right and lastly auburn first is a dual enrollment program that is expanding its reach to provide access affordability and more to high school students auburn is expanding access and affordability for high school students who want to attend the land-grant institution through its auburn first dual enrollment program it was redone in 2018. This program offers dual enrollment opportunities for high school students beginning in 10th grade with eligible students allowed to complete up to 24 hours of Auburn credit before graduating from high school. Carrying the slogan, get started, get accepted, get ahead, this program provides online coursework for students with an unweighted cumulative GPA of 3.0 or better at their respective high schools. So you can read more about Auburn First on the Auburn University website, but that program is once again being expanded and uh, reimagined. All right, some quick campus notices. Cap and down, cap and gown rather. Early order deadline is October 29th. Heyday T-shirt pickup is yesterday and today. So if you ordered a Heyday T-shirt, as we mentioned on the show yesterday, you are able to, or uh, last week you are able to pick it up today. Your Heyday T-shirt. The Duo Mobile redesign is coming later on this month, so be on the lookout for that. The University Writing Center has launched a new open education resource. And, oh, 
Women and Gender Studies are hosting an open house on October 14th. So that is what is coming up this week. Plenty to look forward to here on the Plains. So we are excited to do that. Davis, you enjoy heyday? Yeah, uh, you know, I've only really had one, technically. That's what, that's what I've been thinking, is that heyday's been kind of a victim of uh, of circumstance over the past few years. But I kind of got into the habit my freshman year of avoiding the concourse, going to be honest. Well, yeah. But I do think I'm... I think I wore a name tag because someone asked me. I was like, oh, okay, cool, yeah. Yeah, heyday is a little different, I think. The, the the concourse, I think, is avoidable in in some circumstances, and rightfully so. But I think heyday is a little different. Yeah. I think heyday is a, a more laid-back, how a campus event should be. And uh, I think it's a great tradition that they continue to uh, to promulgate. I think it's a... Uh, it's 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 chill enough to where anybody can get involved. It's not a big ask of the yeah. Body. It's just that I, I've like have like a Pavlovian response. If I see someone walk up to me on the concourse to ask me something, I'm like, sorry, no, I'm good. I'm trying to get to class, even if they're just trying to hand me a name. Even if they try to give me stuff, I'm like, I'm good. I don't want a free lollipop or anything. Mm-hmm. I just keep going, put the head down, keep going, because I'm so used to the people trying to get me to vote and stuff, which I did. Hey, I'm. I didn't get caught. I didn't get. I didn't vote this year. Come on, Davis. They, they never got a hold of me somehow. Um, here's something: the UPC Fall Festival will be held on October fifteenth. So that is later on this week, I believe. There will be a movie involved in that. So we are looking at that. Yeah, Hocus Pocus. I know a favorite movie of Davis's. That's Alex that hates it. Okay. I don't. I don't have an opinion no one opinion, way or the other. No opinion. No hocus pocus. Well, <laughs> if you want to avoid Alex, I can tell you he won't be on the yeah. campus green on October fifteenth from eight to eleven p.m. Yeah, he might be. He might be in the back, like yelling, "This movie sucks." Have okay. a sign and everything. Might be picketing it. Alex will be protesting <laughs> hocus pocus. Um, but of course, UPC is partnering with Tiger Knights for a fall festival on October fifteenth. That is this Friday. There's going to be a pumpkin palooza. There's also going to be zip lining, which I'm looking at. Where? On the campus green. You see this picture of Aubie zip lining? How are they going to? What? Yeah. From where? The stadium to the ground? I, I don't know. Um, the Chick fil A, like the, the patio upstairs Chick fil A to the. What? Yeah. It's, uh, well, I guess they could like set up like a little impromptu. I, I'm not going to. I wouldn't be zip lining on the campus green personally. Well, you know, you know if what? you would like to. You know what? Yeah, I would. 8 p.m. this Friday, Tiger Nights and UPC. The UPC Fall Festival is the place to do it if you want to give your hand at, at Zipline. And you can also watch Hocus Pocus and take place, take part in the Pumpkin Palooza. You can also show up in your best costume for a, for a costume contest. Interesting. It's a bit early for a costume. I don't have mine all together yet. I don't even, yeah, yeah, I don't either. Let's, uh, let's. Hold off on the costume contest until I can get everything in order. Any progress on yours? It's, it's getting there. Been scouting it out. I've been looking at, uh, at at cotton shirts. Interesting. That's a little. That's a little sneak preview for those of you out there who don't know who I'm dressing. I've also. Yet. I've been looking at <laughs> linen wraps. Mm, very interesting. <laughs> interesting. All right. Well, that is going to do it for the first segment of Compact Discourse. We'll be back in just a little bit, and we're going to jump right back into sports, and that's what it's all about today, as we had a huge sports day yesterday. Monday night football, playoff baseball, 
in uh nba getting close to tipping off nhl tipping off today and the big news out of las vegas that john gruden he's out as his coach as the raiders for the second time all that and more coming up later on in the show don't go anywhere you're listening to compact discourse right here on the big 91 wegl 91.1 fm Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM and WEGLFM.com. I just had a sip of my cup of coffee, and at the risk of using the same sound button again, I do feel completely recharged. That completely turned my day around. Or if I had got my cup of coffee! So, I'm hoping the second sip is uh, just as beneficial to my mental health. Yeah, how much, uh... Put creamer sugar in it, or it's just straight? You know, when I go to ABP, I usually get, I'm a man of routine, so I usually get the same thing. And that is um, the morning blend pretty much all the way to the top of the cup. I leave about a half of an inch, and then I hit it with about a splash of light cream. Boom. So it, it really affects the color, does not really affect the taste. Creature I have it. That's, that's, and then, Aren't we all? Mm-hmm. I think that it, the human body is, is a weird machine of spinning wheels and gears, and if you can just point it in the right direction, it can, it can bring you great rewards. You just kind of have to steer it in a way that's beneficial to you. Interesting. Does that make sense? I I do the same thing most of the time. I I'm I'm also a person that likes to kind of stick on a routine, have a good habit to go. I wake up at 7, take my shower, do whatever until 7:30 and then I walk out the door. Like the same routine every time. I put everything in my bag the same way. I mean not the exact same way, but you know what I mean. Just makes it makes it more familiar, more comfortable. Yeah, the the human mind is great at solving problems but not great at remembering things so <laughs> you're telling me there's no there's no sense in making yourself remember stuff write everything down do everything the same way and use your mental capacity to work through the challenges of life boom there's no there's no sense in in overthinking things this is no longer a sports show this is now a uh Mind show. We welcome all forms of discourse here on on, on old CD. On it just that. has to be compact. Yeah, we just we're we're crushing it in to a two hour and now a one hour forty five time block, and Boom. that's what makes it compact. So, come one, come all. If you have any discourse you would like to share with us, whether that be sports or otherwise, we invite you to do so uh, on any number of platforms. But the two that'll get to us is going to be our Twitter account at cdiscau. We had uh, Harrison Tarr tweet at us yesterday about his his uh, shooting down of Darius, uh, Davis's hatred for Spencer Rattler. He agreed with most of it. He just said it was a little too early. Okay. Jury's out. Um, so he sent us um, some stuff, and we were happy to have that. So if you have any opinions about what we're talking about on the show today, go ahead and send us a tweet at CDiscAU. You can also call us the old-fashioned way, 334 844 9345, and I'll make Davis talk while I field your phone call um, once I see that green light flashing. So, 
those, those are how you can get on the show. We'd love to hear from you if you feel so inclined. We'd love to have you join the show. Uh, but with all of that being said, to quote the great Jared Dillard, who's uh, why we're all sitting here in this booth today, we are going to move right along with the show, and we'll head on over to some playoff baseball. As you know, once you it, it really sneaks up on you, but once you get into it, playoff baseball, it it is a nonstop party from noon all the <laughs> way to like long past sunset yesterday. It was a cr- excuse me. First of all, the noon. Uh, what would be the pitch? First pitch. Yeah, that no- sounds right. Noon. Hit off. Yeah, you're looking for the word for tip off. Yeah, or puck drop, kick off. Uh yeah, first pitch. Noon, noon, first pitch is. I mean, like I'm sh- like non-playoff baseball. It's pretty normal. Usually, there's baseball going throughout the day, but like playoff baseball is that is that a thing that happens? I remember a lot. You know, I'm I'm having to rack my brain because I can't think of a time. But also, the Braves haven't been on the playoffs a ton since Fair. I've been a baseball fan. Um. I do remember last year they had a game that was at noon or eleven central, noon Eastern, when they played Cincinnati in Game One of the uh, the modified playoff format, and um, I I made the joke that that game went to I think thirteen innings before anybody scored a run, uh, with uh, the pitchers duel, including the uh, the Trevor the great Trevor Bauer Cy Young winner that year, so. That that game, I, I made the joke that both teams protested the early start time by not scoring a run <laughs> until a decent hour. So um, I think I think that I don't know in the past if there's been a noon. Well, it ended up not mattering considering the Chicago game got washed out. So um, had 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 Manfred's foresight been 2020 in that one, he could have just put Atlanta in the in the second late spot and then had Tampa and. San Francisco continue to play in prime time. But that is not what we were dealt with, and we will jump right into the first game, which was, of course, the Milwaukee Brewers uh, flipping venues with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, that series was tied coming into this one in Truist Park, and Atlanta comes away with the win in that one. Three to nothing go the Bravos over the visiting at Milwaukee Brewers to extend their series lead to two to one. That game four is going to be today. The Braves have a chance to punch their ticket to the NLCS, but the Milwaukee Brewers have really threatened the Braves a number of times in this series, so I could see games four and five going either way for both squads. So Ian Anderson gets the win in this one, five innings pitched, no earned runs, six strikeouts, and no walks, so a absolute gem by Ian Anderson. Hauser gets the loss in this one. He had one inning pitched. Three earned runs, no strikeouts, and one walk. Of course, he was the relief pitcher coming in that gave up a three-run tank to Jock Peterson, who apparently was using Anthony Rizzo's bat. To, I did, yeah, to hit the ball, which is interesting. I, Anthony, do you think he gifted it to him when they were both together in Chicago, or do you think he just sent him one down from New York? He's like, here you go. I don't know. Time. I mean, the alternative is that he stole it. So I would hope I would he pulled the heist. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he climbed through the he climbed through the ceiling of the the park. Found the insulation on the ground. <laughs> and of course, Will Smith gets the save, his second of the postseason. Uh, he had one inning pitched and one strikeout in his one inning of relief in the top of the ninth to secure the victory for the Bravos. Um, all three runs in this game came off of one swing of the bat, and that was, of course, Jock Peterson. Recent acquisition to the Braves, who 
with his pearl necklace made it a three nothing game, and uh, it, the score sat right there all the way till the top of the ninth when the Braves clinched a victory and a series lead of two to one. Uh, big performers for Milwaukee was Willie Adamez, who went two of four, and Christian Yelich, who went one of four. Really great pitching by the Braves to prevent any kind of offense from Milwaukee. Um, the tying run was on base once again for the second game in a row. However, not as much as game two, but the Braves' bullpen proving to uh, pick up the slack where the Braves' offense has not been able to find itself, really. Um, I will, if Davis will talk for a second, I do have a crazy stat about how low scoring this playoff series has been so far. So, yeah, yeah, I'll talk for a second. So, uh, it's 2-2 now, or is it? It's 2-1. Two, 2-1 two, 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 one Braves. Okay, 2-1 Braves, and it, it is in Truist, Truist Park yes, today. This, this afternoon. Interesting. You know, I was just uh, I was busy doing some research on the Boston Red Sox, which we'll get to after you have your stat. Mm-hmm. But the Braves, you know, uh, I'm rooting for the Braves this playoffs. If they win this series, who will they be playing? They will Potentially, be, they will be playing the winner of the Giants Dodgers, and okay. Dodgers series. Mm. <laughs> All right. In a tweet that has now been deleted, so I'm not sure if it's true, but it seems true. So I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, fewest combined runs through the first three games of a postseason series. We're looking at the 1918 World Series with eight, mm. the 1948 World Series with eight, the 1950 World Series with nine, the 1949 World Series with nine, and the 2021 National League Divisional Series at nine. So extremely low-scoring playoff series between these two National League clubs that boast very good offenses, but even better pitching staffs, apparently, because they have been absolutely tamped down when it comes to keeping the ball in the park and getting out of sticky situations. Uh, I think both pitching squads have been put in unfortunate spots that they've been able to overcome and get out of. Are you happy with how the Braves are doing so far, even I, though they aren't you know, scoring like the Astros? I'm a little disappointed. Uh, this game could have very easily been Five nothing. There was a base running blunder in the second inning that really cost the Braves. I mean, and not even in like a what if scenario. And literally, if he had stayed on first base, the score would be one to nothing scenario. So I'm a little perturbed that you're making these mistakes in the playoffs, especially after uh, that same kind of thing was happening last season uh, in in the playoffs where the Braves were making base running errors. So I hope that they've, you know, in a low not a low-pressure situation, but in a situation that ended up not mattering, I hope they were able to learn from that, retool, dust off, and mentally re-prepare for what is coming up as they will face a good opponent. If they advance, they will face a good opponent no matter who it is, uh, a 100-plus win club either way. But, uh, I I mean, it's, it's hard to be upset with a team that's yeah. playing so well defensively. Uh you had a real I think three or four web gems from the inside from the infield on uh, on yesterday including, you know, uh, Austin Riley climbing the ladder to catch a hot shot over to third base and Dansby Swanson almost having to truck Ozzy Albies out of the way to make a uh, flying double play to keep the uh the shutout alive. So I think it was, all in all, a great performance by the Braves in these past two games, both 3-0 and shutouts. So 
uh, if the uh, if the Braves could continue that success, at least for one more day, I think a National League Championship Series appearance is well in their future for the second straight year. Hey, let's hope they're looking they're looking good. I mean, I'm not a I'm not I don't follow the Braves as much as you, so I don't want to say anything and be wrong like I was yesterday with the ALNL mishap. All right, um, I, we will say that uh, Houston at Chicago game four was postponed, so game four will be today. It'll be Lance McCullers Jr. versus Carlos Rodon. Mm. Uh, Houston at Chicago for game four of the ALDS. Of course, uh, we'll talk about it on the other side of the break, but uh, they, both of these teams could go into this game knowing what is at stake. They already have their opponents set for the ALCS as the Boston Red Sox for the second straight game win in extras in Fenway. So, we will talk about all of that and more on the other side of a break, including uh, the San Francisco and Los Angeles series. So there's plenty to talk about. Playoff baseball is in full swing as we are halfway through the month of October. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back to talk San Francisco, Los Angeles, Houston, Chicago, Tampa Bay, Boston, and a whole lot more, including Monday Night Football, the John Gruden situation, and NHL drops the puck on the 2021-2022 season tonight including a brand new team, the Seattle Kraken. Welcome to the NHL Seattle. We'll be right back after about two minutes. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Davis Carroll, joined by station manager Grayson Moyer. Welcome into the show. We're going to hit your Auburn weather report here in just a second. And it is, of course, 68 degrees and foggy here on the plains. An interesting twist, uh, welcoming the cool autumn weather in today. And it's going to keep things pretty cool for the remainder of the day, if you can believe that. So we're looking at a 72-degree morning, a comfortable room temperature for your walk around campus to class. Uh, it's gonna, probably going to get up to 79 degrees this afternoon, but the clouds should keep that shade pretty cool. And once again, you're looking at an overnight temp of around 64 degrees. So nice and mild flannel weather, you know, nice hot cocoa weather if you uh, feel so inclined. So looking forward to that. And uh, welcoming in this nice fall weather. You can also listen to WEGL throughout the day for a uh, War Eagle weather update. And that is going to do it for your weather update. Um, You enjoying the fog? Nice and scary on your walk in today? I'm liking it. I I need that fog. It's a good atmosphere for October. If I walk out of my apartment and I can't tell if there's spider webs or not, that's, that's exactly what I want. Because I do have a very spooky spider problem at my crappy apartment. And, you know, it, it's a little comforting if I don't know if they're there or not because of how thick the fog is. Fog is a conspiracy theory put on by spiders to conceal <laughs> their webs. I, everyone knows And it that. works. <laughs> I, I think Chris Hadfield was on something when he did that TED Talk about you should walk through spider webs. Crazy. It'll make you stronger. It doesn't make me stronger. Every time I do it, I turn into a child. Every my, time, you always yeah. look ridiculous like, ah! 
you know, like you're trying to get off your face, but it's stuck there. And, and normally, like it's just me out there. Like I'm pretty sure there's only two people that live in my apartment complex: me and my neighbor Howard. <laughs> but like the other day, just a neighbor I had never seen before pulled up in a car right as I walked through a giant spider web. And <laughs> gets to see me do this. And it's just like we we have never spoken before, but you've now seen me at my lowest terrible point first impression because of this fog and this spider web. I don't know what the deal is with spiders this year. I don't know if there are more or if I'm just noticing them more. Do spiders have cycles? I don't is think a, so. Is it a spider? I, I think you just see them. Is more. it a spider year? So what happens I don't, as you I, grow up? I think up, there's about the same amount of number. You recognize the spiders. I've been seeing those big ones, which Davis tells me are banana spiders. They're technically orb weavers, but we call them banana spiders. We being. People from Alabama, townies, okay. yeah. <laughs> banana spiders are actually You're tarantulas to that live in bananas. from Alabama that don't know what a banana spider is. You don't know for real? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean for, okay, then Mobile, then I guess. Yeah, it's, it it is just Mobile. Well, they're up here too, so y'all definitely have them. I'm, I, I'll, I'll give you. a little Well, we might have them. Down. We just don't call them that crazy term. Well, I mean, they look like bananas. So, did y'all have like wolf spiders in your house? Mm, we we had those a couple that's times. That's a banana spider. Just, like, yeah, I've never seen those before. Oh, armed. they're very big in rural rural areas. Armed rural. Trees. I'm looking at armed spiders. What's an armed spider? It's that's the banana actual banana yeah, spider. because they're, oh. they're yellow. Which you know, one of the things about spiders is that they have <laughs> so creepy. It, do these spiders have arms instead of legs? Is that what I'm hearing? I don't or, think so. Or do they have a gun? Yeah, I think they <laughs> might have a gun. No, the spider for anybody who just turned in, tuned in. <laughs> Okay. Don't want to make a false distress call. They're so creepy. I think they have like they look like double jointed or something. Ugh. It's a spider. Ugh, they don't look really, at it. It's this so is a terrible creepy. experience for the people just Ugh. driving around in their cars right now. Oh my! Even, even on the I gotta, video, I gotta close this. I, I'm I'm getting right. scared. Hey, even is... the video, people can't see the spider that you're looking at on your phone. They it's don't just, need to. It's so scary. You being creeped out and me okay, and you I'll talking over each other for this entire broadcast. Should I show them? I think no. I think we can stop talking about spiders. Good. Now. Let's talk All about right. rattlesnakes. No. <laughs> we will talk about the Tampa Bay Rays getting eliminated from the playoffs last night in Fenway Park over in Boston. It was the for the second straight game, the Red Sox taking it not to extra innings, but getting a walk off as it was a dramatic comeback by the Tampa Bay Rays to erase a five nothing deficit to tie things up in the eighth inning to make it 5-2-5 off the bat of Randy Arozarena, as, you know, the Ray, pretty much every Rays web gym over the past two years has been having something to do with that guy, Randy. So, Mr. October. Senior Octubre. How about that? Uh, so the Boston Red Sox do come away He's with finished. a victory in that one. 6-2-5 <laughs> after a Hernandez sacrifice fly to deep left field. Santana scores from third base to send the Boston Red Sox to the American League Championship Series for the first time since, I believe, 2018, where they were the eventual World Series champions over the Los Angeles Dodgers. So this was a pretty fun game. Um, I uh, I cannot tell a lie. I did turn it off when the Sox went up 5 nothing, but uh, I did quickly turn it back on after Monday Night Football began to bore me, and <laughs> I heard the Rays had come back and tied it 5-5. So uh, high drama in Fenway to uh, end off the the playoff run for Tampa. They did not go down without a fight, but unfortunately for Fire Ryzen and the rest of the Rays pitching staff, the bullpen day was just not the ideal solution for the Tampa Bay Rays as they gave up five runs, uh, most of them doubles off the monster, which is how they get you in Fenway, and were just unable to come back from that deficit uh, in a meaningful way, obviously tying it up and then letting it slip away. 
Five runs on seven hits for the Rays, six runs on 12 for the Red Sox. G-Man Choi drops a relatively routine pass over to first base in the bottom of the ninth to allow the uh, Red Sox to win that one. Uh, That would have made it two outs. I'm not going to put the blame entirely on G-Man, but, you know, it's the playoffs. you got to make those plays. So that's uh, that was the story out of Fenway. I know we have plenty of Red Sox fans here at WEGL. I'm sure Daniel Locke and Bay Marks will both be talking about this win on their respective shows later on in the week. So if you want a more in-depth breakdown of that, be sure to head on over to both um, the Eagle's Nest and the Scoreboard, which are available uh, much like this show is and are run by our local Red Sox fans. Davis, I convinced you to watch this one. So I had I had a test I took, and then I I kind of it slipped my mind that the game was on, so I started playing a game, and then I got an alert, and then you texted me. I was like, "Oh man, this game's good. Let me turn it on." And then I have a rant about the tyrants over at Spectrum. <laughs> I, I I turn on my TV, and there's only one baseball game playing, and that is the Dodgers game. Mm-hmm. I cannot, there's no, uh, I checked Fox. I just could not find the Red Sox game. Even what was it on, on, Jack? It was on Fox Sports 1. It was on one. Fox Sports 1. I could not find it. It was, I, I even went to the, you go to like the menu, uh, sports, baseball, nothing. It was not there. So I, I had to go through alternative methods to watch it. Uh, to watch it. Yes, a spyglass. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I had to listen to the radio feed with a very big antenna so that I could pick it up over the air. Wink. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was able to see like the last two outs. I saw Kiki Hernandez hit the hit the sack fly for Santana to score. Kind of sad. It was a good hit for him. Why do Why do you not walk Kike there? Like, I mean, uh, who's to say that it wouldn't just happen the next play? Because uh, as I look at the Red Sox batting order, it would have been. I don't know. Did they probably pinch, Schwarber? Did they um, pinch hit him? He was he was second in their lineup, I'm pretty sure, or maybe third. So my guess is probably a batter you do not want. Yeah, I reckon so. But at, you know, go ahead and load the bases at least. That's fair. I and I did not like whoever the pitcher was. He had a funny name. I remember I, I was, Fire Rising. Yeah, I, I wasn't happy with the pitches he was throwing. He was throwing them high, and they really weren't very juicy for the hitter. Obviously, he hit a sack fly to win it. But I mean, yeah, bullpen day really didn't work for him. It was undecided all day for their starting pitcher since they did do the bullpen thing, which is very, I'd never actually seen that on ESPN where they said it was undecided for the starter. But, yeah, you know, feel bad for the Rays. I'm a big Arena fan, great player. Always trade for him in the show. What can I say? All right, and I think lastly we will finish off with a quick talk about the exciting matchup between the San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Once again, the unbelievable stat that uh, in over 100 years, this is the first time these two rival clubs have ever met in the postseason. Um, The lone run in this one coming off the bat of former Ray, Evan Longoria, who goes yard and gets himself an RBI all by himself. He hits a four-bagger in the top of the fifth inning to quiet down Dodger Stadium in the Chavez Ravine, and that is just all she wrote for this game, one run on three hits for the Giants, 
no runs on five hits for Los Doyers. Max Scherzer gets the loss in this one. Seven innings pitched, one earned run, ten strikeouts, and one walk. So a absolute gem by Max Scherzer, but no help from his offense as Rodgers on the Giants does his thing and gets the win, and uh, Doval gets the close in this one. I believe uh, Alex Wood, is it Alex? Yes. Alex Wood started this one. He sure did. So uh, a nice tandem pitching effort by the Giants pitching staff. Wood, Rogers, McGee, and Doval, they combine for a combined shutout. And the Giants take a 2-1 series lead. So the Giants could clinch tonight in Dodger Stadium, and the Braves could clinch today in Truist Park. So plenty of exciting baseball matchup. And then Houston could also win today if they defeat the White Sox in Chicago. So by the end of tonight, we could have our uh, championship series matchups completely locked up after Boston punched their ticket last night. But, uh, you know, for me, I'd like a little more excitement than that. Come on. Yeah. Let's have the Dodgers come back and win one. Let's have the White Sox uh, win. Shell another All. Houston pitcher. Yeah. Uh, let's have the Braves win, though. No, nah, I don't want excitement in that series. But uh, you know what? This has shaped up to be a pretty exciting playoff so far. After a year off, uh, we're back, and October is shaping up to be just as exciting as advertised. As a neutral third party, I would like to see the Brewers win one so it can go all the way, Ah, go to five. All right, fair enough. We are going to head to a quick break as it is the top of the hour here on Compact Discourse. It is about 9 a.m., so we're going to take a five-minute break. When we come back, plenty to get to, including Monday Night Football, the John Gruden situation, and a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. You can tweet at us at CDiscAU. We'd love to hear from you, or you can call in at 334-844-9345. We are waiting here, ready to take your calls. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in about five minutes with some more Compact Discourse. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM. Welcome into the second hour of the show. I'm Jack Carr, joined alongside Grayson Moyer and Davis Carroll. Welcoming you back into the Bradley Basin studio here in the Harold Melton Student Center. We are Compact Discourse, of course, getting ready for the second hour of the show. We'd like to remind you that it, you can follow us on Twitter at CDISCAU. That is, of course, C-D-I-S-C-A-U on Twitter if you'd like to get your opinion on the show and also... Uh, Get updates on when we're going live. We have technical difficulties like we did this morning. That's how you can stay informed about the goings-on here on Old CD. All right, we also got the station has a Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at the handle WEGL underscore AU. Feel free to follow those if you do stay updated on what's going on at the station and also see some pretty cool content that gets put out, if I do say so myself. You can also head over to our website, WEGLFM.com, to listen live to whatever's playing on the station 24 hours a day, including this lovely show and all of our other awesome podcasts and shows. Those go live on WEGLFM.com. And then uh, lastly, we are going to be on the concourse, or the green space, rather, tomorrow for Hay Day from 10 to 2. 
you can come out and listen to WEGL DJ a live event and get your name tag. Say hello to your former, future, former, and present classmates, professors, and the like. Anybody that's a member of the Auburn family is, of course, welcome out to the Campus Green tomorrow for heyday and the entire campus space. So go grab your name tag and say hello to the fellow Auburn family members as we get ready to continue a tradition that is uniquely Auburn here at the university. That is 1013 tomorrow, uh, all day long if you're on campus. But if you're on the campus green, 10 to 2, come on out to celebrate with SGA. There'll be free food and T-shirts, as there always is at an event like this. So come on out and check that one out. Davis, I hear that um, Through the Lens has a new episode in the works. Just got recorded yesterday, has Chris Tobias on it. Y'all might know Chris. It is the Ari Aster episode, Hereditary and Midsummer discussed on it. Some scary movies. Scary movies for a scary month, indeed. Yeah. Did, did, was the uh, the conversation scary? Was it productive? Was it fruitful? We, we were talking about quicksand at one point, so probably not productive. We were having fun, though. I think we, we got some good discussion in, talked about what we liked, disliked. We, ex- we, we talked through it to make sure Alex understood the plot. We got a little confused ourselves, but I think we figured it out. Boom. I mean, that's a, that's a classic episode of Through the Lens yeah. is, is helping Alex not be confused by the plot. <laughs> that's how it goes. Alex likes to watch dumb action movies a lot, so he doesn't have to think too that's much about the plot. That's why he doesn't understand Pirates of the Caribbean. Exactly. Explain to me, people at home, you can tweet to us or call us. Why do they betray each other and Pirates 3 at World's End? And you better give me a better reason than because they are pirates, because that is inherently a flawed reason. And don't say it's because Dune likes dumb action movies. Exactly. It is. That's true. All right. So if you call in with that answer, you might be having a, a private conversation with Davis. So. Welcome to the, the Dunk on Alex radio hour. Y'all going to call him all the class. Davis and not Alex yeah. here to defend himself. Yeah. Alex yeah. would do the same thing if I weren't here. That's why I'm always on Compact Discourse, just in case. <laughs> All right. Monday Night Football uh, transpired in a game that I don't think many people expected to be very good as the 1-3 and three Indianapolis Colts came to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. I think it would provided a uh, decent bit of entertainment, even if the first half was a bit of a comedy of errors as both quarterbacks looked to find their feet. But... When all was said and done, the Baltimore Ravens did come away with the victory at home to improve to 4-1, and one, an overtime victory as they scored a touchdown to ice it in the extra frame after scoring 22 unanswered points leading up to that point, or what is that, 16 unanswered points in that point to get the overtime victory, send it to overtime. All right. Your passing leaders were, of course, Carson Wentz, who is really stepping into his role as the Colts' starting quarterback. He was 25 of 35, threw for 400 yards in this one and two touchdowns. Lamar Jackson on the other side of the ball also threw for 442 yards, so both quarterbacks over 400. He had 43 passing attempts, completed 37 of them, and all four of the Ravens' touchdowns came through the air off the hands of Lamar Jackson. So, so much for the running back discourse as... LJ gets the win for his Baltimore Ravens. Jonathan Taylor for the Colts has 15 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. Lamar Jackson, of course, your leading rusher for the Ravens, 14 of 62. Your leading receivers were Jonathan Taylor, so the running back getting put to use for the Indianapolis Colts. He had 116 yards receiving and a touchdown on just three receptions. And then Andrews was your leading receiver on the Ravens. He had 11 uh, targets or catches rather for 147 yards and two tutties. That's this one was uh, 
pretty dramatically lopsided over to the Colts until the dramatic turning point in the third quarter when uh, the Baltimore Ravens began to run away with it. It was a 22-9 to Colts lead until mishaps led to a 16-point fourth quarter for the Ravens, sent it to overtime, and the icing touchdown by Lamar Jackson. Davis? I did see a stat that Lamar Jackson's like the first player ever to throw for more than 400 yards and have an 85% completion percentage, which is one of those, I mean, that's that's impressive, but I feel you can put it in the same line of stats like LeBron James, the first player to dunk twice on a Tuesday afternoon while it's cold. <laughs> ESPN comes up with the craziest stats. It's I don't know how they, they – I know they have, like, a database or something, but it's crazy how they find these stats. Yeah, it's, it's some people's job to just comb through spreadsheets all day and look for interesting things. And they're good at it. They'll find some crazy stats, especially NBA is where you'll find some nuts out-of-this-world stats with cherry-picked mm-hmm. usages of them. But, yeah, I didn't re- I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch this game. I'm very jaded with NFL this year because my fantasy team sucks. Mm, interesting. Were you were you out on fantasy? Were you, have you already lost before this game even kicked off? I didn't even score 100. Everybody else in my league scored like 170. Interesting. Wow. What's uh, it like to suck, Davis? Why are you, know, you so bad? Here's the thing. Hillman <laughs> drafted my team. so Why'd you trust Hillman? Because I thought he knew what he was doing. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Is he in this league? Is he no. playing against you? No. Okay. It's a different league. Oh, God. All right, so let's take a look at your NFL standings after week five. In the AFC, the best records belong to the Buffalo Bills, who look to be the presumptive favorite to win the AFC after dominating the Chiefs on Sunday night football. You also have the Ravens, who have improved to 4-1, and one, and the Los Angeles Chargers, who look pretty decent as well. They hung 47 on the Browns on Sunday. Those are your three four and one teams over in the AFC. Jacksonville still winless on the season, zero and five. Not satisfied with one and zero. Did the Jacksonville Jaguars tweet at the beginning of last season when they proceeded to go one and fifteen on the year and have lost five straight since? So a twenty-game losing streak for the Jags. Um, satisfied with one and twenty, I guess would be a revised version of that tweet as the Jags continue their struggles under the leadership of Urban Meyer. Moving over to the NFC, you have a uh, three, four, and one teams as well. The Dallas Cowboys on top of the NFC East division, not looking like the NFC least division this year, as they have a four-one record and um, are on top of that division. Green Bay is on top of their division after starting off zero and one with a loss to the Saints. They have rattled off four straight wins to take the crown in NFC North for now. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, your defending Super Bowl champions are the presumptive leaders in the NFC South. They have a 4-1 and record and are undefeated at home. And then out west, you have the L.A. Rams with a 4-1 and record and the Arizona Cardinals, the only undefeated team left in the National Football League. They are a perfect 5-0 and so far and looked very good doing so. They have a plus 62-point differential, and Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury seem to have finally figured things out in the desert. Still jaded, Davis? You know, I was going to say, yeah, my friend just sent me my NF, my my fantasy matchup against him where I scored 84 points, scored 130. But, you know, uh, I was going to say Kyler Murray's my MVP favorite right now. He's playing really good. He's fun. He's, he's having fun. He's looking focused. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Kyler Murray fan. Would you say, you know, Bills, Bills 
Cardinals Super Bowl. That'd be interesting. I'd like to see that. That's uh, two teams seeking their first Super Bowl win. Yeah. Uh, have the yeah the Cardinals have been one in this in this uh, millennium. They have. Bills have not. The Bills have not. They went to four straight in the nineties and yet still do not have a Super Bowl. Embarrassing. Well, you know that's Buffalo for you. Yep. All right, we are going to head to a quick break, and when we come back, we will be discussing the John Gruden situation for as long as we can. And then uh, when we come back from the break, we will be continuing our discussion of all things sports and all things not sports, as we are wont to do, including some more, some more spider chat, potentially. No. Uh, we'll be... <laughs> all right, no more spider No chat. more spiders. Uh, all of that and more coming up in about two minutes right here on Compact Discourse. Don't go anywhere. I'm Jack Hart, joined alongside Davis and Grayson. You're listening to WEGL 91.1 FM in the morning. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com, podcast, Eagle Eye TV, however you're joining us today. We thank you for spending your Tuesday morning here with us, WEGL in the morning. That is, of course, Compact Discourse every Monday through Thursday, 8 to 10 a.m. Central Time on Auburn's only student-run radio station for over 50 years now. That is, of course, the Big 91 WEGL 91.1 FM. All right, Dateline, Las Vegas, Nevada. John Gruden is out as the Raiders coach. John Gruden has resigned as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders following reports that emails he wrote over a 10-year period included racist, misogynistic, and anti-gay language. Quote, I love the Raiders and I do not want to be a distraction, Gruden said in a statement on Monday night. Thank you to all the players, coaches, staff, and fans of Raider Nation. I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt anyone, was the quote from John Gruden. Raiders owner Mark Davis released a short statement saying he has accepted Gruden's resignation. Assistant coach Rich Bisiaka, who is a former Auburn coach, if you can believe that, will serve as an interim head coach effective immediately that the team has announced that Monday night. Bisiaka will meet with the media during availability on Wednesday, so if you would like to see a circus, check out that press conference. The resignation came shortly after the New York Times reported that Gruden used misogynistic and anti-gay language in numerous emails during a seven-year period. That report came after 10-year-old emails from Gruden surfaced, including racist comment about NFL PA executive director Damaris Smith, as well as vulgar criticism of the commissioner Roger Goodell. All of that coming from an ESPN article by Paul Gutierrez. So check that out if you need more information about the developing situation. But Monday Night Football was pretty much hijacked by this story last night. It was hard for a lot of people to focus on the game as um, the both the commentators and the halftime show were swirling around this John Gruden situation. As for the second time, John Gruden has been dismissed as the coach of the Raiders, and they will be looking to finish the season off with an interim head coach. Uh, special teams coach will be taking over. This is often the case because the special teams coach works with uh, every position group, not just offense, defense, or special teams. You know, he 
talks to all three of them. So the special teams coach will be taking over as interim coach of the Raiders as um, John Gruden looks to uh, the unemployment line, I guess, as the Las Vegas Raiders have parted ways with the coach for the second time. And that is going to do it for our NFL news for today. Welcoming Grayson back onto the show. Grayson, um, smartphones. Do you want smartphones or uh, coach comments? Mm, interesting. Um, I think I think we could talk about smartphones for a while. Okay. okay. Um, I know I know you're a big proponent of the USB C. Absolutely. I the th- this is such a, a weird small nitpick, and it feels like one of those things that like only people who you know get a new phone every year care about. Which I'm not in that group. Mm-hmm. But like it it's the best connector we have. It needs to be uh you know standardized across everything. Even like iPads. I didn't want to buy an iPad until you could get the USB-C on the cheap ones. It's the only reason I want it. It's just like, I, I don't like proprietary stuff. I don't like not being able to fix my own stuff, you know, anything like that. What What are your thoughts? I, you just got a new laptop. Does it have USB-C on it? I don't think so. Is it, or I know the power's not, but. Oh, it's got one. Yeah. USB PD? Yeah, that that's, the, that's like power delivery. Police so department? It, it can take the, the, oh, the okay. fast chargers. Gotcha. Um, no, it's police department. That's, oh, that's I how see. they plug yeah, in and steal makes, all your that data. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, my Nintendo Switch uses USB-C, which is uh, I think the first time it hasn't been some proprietary Nintendo stuff to charge up my uh, my handheld gaming device, which is very welcome. Um, it's also nice that I can you know lend my Switch charger out to my friends with Androids Absolutely. to uh, charge their phone. And um, apparently, the USB-C iPhone has been successfully modded into existence so maybe they can send that over to apple headquarters to make that the, the box standard i've seen that a couple times i think that guy is the he's the one that lives in like shenzhen right or he's at least temporarily living in shenzhen so he can mm. get access to all the black market ipod parts interesting but yeah i mean it, at this point we are only using anything other than that as a like a stopgap to get you to buy our cables you know what i mean mm-hmm like they, it's 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 frustrating. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of other people's money, and it's just inferior. Plan. So yeah, uh, Ken Pillanel, who is, has a YouTube channel, okay, uh, he discovered that Apple sells a Lightning connector with an integrated circuit known as a C ninety four to certified partners to build USB C to Lightning cables. He managed to get one out of a third party cable, remove the metallic part, expose the cable, and then with that, he pulled the female lightning port from an iPhone and soldered wires from the bare C94 to a PCB with USB-C connectors. So he basically, uh, through, through, through a little bit of sneaking around, was able to successfully modify his iPhone to be charged by USB-C. Through a little bit of spooky groundskeeping, mm-hmm. he was able to make a superior phone. Yeah, he uh, outdid Apple with their own job by uh, just just a little poking around. Yeah. And that being said, I don't really like the, I I don't like the paradigm of okay, we're only gonna have USB C. Like I I want other ports, but sometimes I need to just settle down and remember that I'm not most people, and mm-hmm. that my needs don't represent most people. Now, when you say that, do you mean that when you say you don't want only USB C, would would that be that you want like my laptop has a USB C option? Well, like I I like having it on there, but like for example, new MacBooks. You've got four USB-C ports. That's it. You have to have a dongle for everything else. Wow. Whereas for me, I, I need the convenience of being able to plug into a switch really quickly, being able like a like an internet switch, or just having full-size USBs. Like I need that just because like 
I'm a broadcast engineer. I do support. I need that to do my job. But for most people, it's really not that big of a deal. Like you're honestly not plugging things into your computer all that often. And even if you're a business user, you're probably leaving it in a docking station all day long that can yes. do it off of one USB-C. Like that's part of the thing. It, it can transfer so much data. When I when I worked at my my summer job, I was running two monitors, all my peripherals, usually an audio interface too, off of a single connector that just plugged into my somewhat crappy laptop all day long. And it just didn't care. It just chugged along. Like it, it can handle it. So I don't know. My concerns are specific and my my sort of opinions are very specific to me and I have to remember that, but I, I'd still prefer the option of more ports. So is as far as you know, charging, is it just USB-C and lightning? It's like the last two bastions of left left on the on the on the battlefield. For smartphones? Yeah. Um we still see a, a few on the lower end phones that are micro USB. But if you're if you have a flagship or you have a, a newer tablet or anything like that, it's gonna be USB C. It just gives you so many more options from the amount of power that you can deliver and it's such a stronger port that like anything new is gonna be USB C. Micro mm -hmm. USB that was the one thing that I really hated about Androids, even when I was like I, I've had one since twenty fourteen maybe. I've been on that side and the amount of micro USB ports that I've broken that have rendered a phone functionally useless is way more than it should be. It should be zero, but um, yeah, it's that is an awful relic, and USB-C has almost fully replaced it at this point for anything but the cheapest phones. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the lower-end stuff from bigger companies is USB-C now. All the lower-end phones from Samsung, they have a budget line is yeah. USB-C. I know my, my wireless headphones are micro usb yeah, I guess I get, they're also old. So. Yeah, I mean, smaller devices like that are still micro, but even then, I, I really think they should move. Like, I mean, it, it'd be nice to have, you know, one charger for everything. Yeah, but especially in times where you're going to use that for, like, data or the, the big one why I wanted this was um, peripherals and stuff. I can plug my, uh, my piano, my MIDI keyboard into this and power it directly mm. off the iPad without having to buy special Apple peripherals, which was the big thing that I didn't want to do. Right. And you can do that for your phone now. I can actually like walk up to something with my smartphone, open up a terminal on it, and with a dongle, plug like an Ethernet jack in and start like working on a server from my phone, just with like cheap peripherals that would also work on my computer. It's just the fact that that standard is so universal and it is so good. They have gotten it that right that it, it needs to be everywhere. Okay. Um, Europe has proposed a rule that would require USB-C charging for all phones and electronic devices. Now, this has the aim of reducing e-waste, which is a uh, lovely 21st century word, and consumer inconvenience. I don't know that it would really reduce e-waste. Now, Eur Europe tries that sort of thing a lot, mm -hmm. and I'm not usually against it. Um, they have some, some oversteps or missteps, in my opinion, because they aren't always made by you know, technically informed people. But, I mean, if it causes more universal adoption, um, I'm for it. Frankly, though, what we're more likely to see is, um, like, for example, Apple. If they put USB-C on one of their phones, they're probably going to make a European model and sell Lightning still in the U.S. Right. Because they do still make, you know, frankly, an egregious amount of money off of those custom peripherals. But, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good gesture, at least. I don't know how effective it will be at their goals, but... I've spent yeah we'll see. too much money on chargers over the past ten years. 
Um, the EU apparently throws away 12,000 tons of chargers each year. 12,000 tons. Some unused, including to, that is according to Bloomberg. At the same time, consumers spent around 2.4 billion euros, which is about $2.8 billion, on standalone chargers not included with devices. The law is, uh, is still in proposal stages and needs to be passed by EU lawmakers and governments. But uh, that is where we stand in the, the realm of e-waste. Uh, 12,000 tons of chargers each year. 12,000 Chargers don't weigh anything. Well, it's also like, I don't even know how often I throw away my chargers, right? Like, mm -hmm. all right, you know what? I guess that I hadn't thought about this, but since I've gone to USB-C, I have two. I have one that goes to my laptop that also charges all my other stuff and one that came with my iPad that also charges all my other stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I guess that makes sense. Just they're that much better that they're that universal. Yeah, I mean, I probably I throw away like, two a year but um, to be fair i i really just don't bite the bullet and buy an apple charger i usually go for like the the scary one from the gas station that's that might that might catch on fire so uh it may be my own fault that's that i'm contributing to e-waste a little bit right there but you know it's, it's a little short-term gratification yeah yeah did i tell you about my recent electrical fire near electrical fire wow i think we'll have to save that okay. for the other side of the break so stay tuned uh, where Grayson tells the harrowing tale of his <laughs> electrical fire at his apartment. Don't go anywhere. We got a lot to talk to about. Man, we got a lot to talk about here on Compact Discourse, including some more smartphone news and some uh, some electrical safety tips we will share with you on the other side of this two-minute break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com. If you got something to say about phone chargers, tweet at us at CDiscAU. At CDISAAU. We'd love to hear from you. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in about two minutes. You may have hoodwinked everyone else in this backwater town, but you can't fool me. I listen to public radio. Welcome back to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, WEGLFM.com. For however you're joining us today, we are happy to have you here in the booth with us on this lovely Tuesday morning. It is uh, the bottom of the hour. It's about 9.33 in the morning here in the Central Time Zone, of course, here in Auburn, Alabama. Let's get over to your Auburn, Alabama weather report. It is 69 degrees and foggy outside. Uh, sun should come out and burn that fog away here in a little bit. Should get up to about 80 degrees this afternoon, so find the shade if you're a little toasty in that. And then this evening should drop down to about 70. Some scattered clouds may bring a little bit of rain, about a 6% chance of rain getting to us here. And then an overnight temp of 64 degrees, and that's going to do it for your Auburn weather report. Auburn weather. So we're going to jump right back into where we left off before the break, and that is uh, Grayson has a harrowing tale to tell us about a brush with death in his apartment. I wouldn't say it's all that harrowing, but it's 7 in the morning. I, I felt like I was going to die. Um, so my couch sits about three feet off of the back wall. I put my bicycle behind the couch, mm -hmm. 
and yes. like just to just to lay the in, in true bachelor pad fashion. Right in the in the wood panel dimension, as we call my small crappy apartment. Um, so I have a charger running from the back wall under the couch and sort of up under so that I can, you know, plug my phone or iPad in because they're the same charger while I'm sitting on the couch. Um, fairly normal, fairly usual extension cord running underneath the couch. You'd think, oh, that's fine. That's a thing people do all the time. People mm-hmm. do that with their beds. Super safe. Is this like a like an orange safety, like industrial extension cord? No, it's like the ones you'd use for like Halloween lights. Like it doesn't oh. have the ground lug on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're not a literal strand of lights, but they're like the, oh, the two okay. prong with three on yeah, the end. But then the no grounding. Right. Yeah. And so one morning, it's 6 a.m. in my apartment. I'm sitting down to drink a cup of coffee on my free couch, and I sit down, I get about halfway through the cup, and then all of a sudden, just a shower of sparks by my feet and all of my lights turn off. Like it kills all power (laughs) to my apartment, and I think I have set the rug in my living room on fire and the extremely flammable couch that I'm sitting on. And this, this scares me to no end because I didn't even see where it came from at the time, I just saw sparks. And I thought one of my outlets had finally like bit the dust and was just going to set the wires in the wall on fire, which is, you know, why it cut all the power to my apartment. Um, so I walk over with my half-drunk cup of coffee. It's still dark outside. Attempt to turn the power back on. Another shower of sparks. And so I, I assume it's something wrong with the apartment. And so I lodge a maintenance request, leave the power turned off, and leave for the day. <laughs> Assuming that hey, this seems like a high priority. It could burn down this wood building. Um, and I come back at about 5 p.m. that day because it's Weagle, and uh, nothing has happened. My power is still off. No one has entered my apartment. And so I start snooping around myself. I replace the outlet. Because Take matters I, into your own hands. Well, yeah. I mean, I've done electrical work before. I, I replace the outlet. No go. Still shower of sparks. And I realize the sparks are coming from underneath the couch mm. and not the outlet. And it's because the couch, I guess I had shifted it a little, and the metal leg of the couch had sat on top of the extension cord and was cutting through the, like, outer sheathing and was shorting it together. So I just had this, like, black mark on the floor where the leg of my couch was and just a slightly severed extension cord. So I removed it, turned my power back on, no more sparks, and I didn't die. Um, it's worth noting that I do not have renter's insurance and I still don't. We're just going to let it ride. See what happens. Yeah. Just keep the couch in the same spot and you should avoid any further problems is what I'm hearing. Well, I, I think the, the moral should be, Hey, don't run extension cords under your couch. Also don't permanently run extension cords. That's not what they're for. Is that Um, so? Be safe around electricity. I mean, yes. Like they, it should really like plug your stuff directly into a power strip or an outlet. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's what it's for. Just They're for Halloween lights. Don't don't mess around with stuff that can kill you. Like people people underestimate electricity in the modern world because we're so used to it, but mm-hmm. it'll straight up kill you if not by shock by you know setting you on fire. You know I, I worry if something like that if that happens in the middle of the night, would my power have cut off? Would I have woken up? Like, who knows? So be careful out there. Be safe. Louis the Lightning Bug had some good points. Yes. Yeah. All right. And speaking of uh, of fires, um, we will we will jump on over to a, a a bit of a news story I've stumbled upon, and that firefighters in Florida have indeed rescued a kitten 
that was trapped inside of a Tesla automobile. Firefighters in Florida came to the rescue of a kitten that crawled up into the inner workings of a Tesla and became stuck. This happened in Estero, Florida. Estero Fire Rescue said a crew was dispatched to the Hertz headquarters in Estero when a kitten was found trapped inside a Tesla parked in the business's garage. The crew partially disassembled the electric vehicle to reach the spot where the feline was stranded, and firefighters said the kitchen, the kitten was not injured, and multiple workers at the Hertz plant then expressed an interest in adopting the cat. Aww. Have you ever had a cat crawl up in your car like that, just like a street cat? Not to my knowledge, which is not a great <laughs> answer to that question. Well, I mean, you'd know. Um, not you know, you'd know. Um, I, I feel like it happens fairly like frequently, especially with just street cats. They just get up in places that they're not supposed to be. I think my car is, is pretty uh, pretty airtight. You'd think that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think more so than like, like a Ford Bronco. Sure. I feel like I could crawl up in a Ford Bronco, <laughs> you know. But I... Um, I, I don't think the the my car is the first priority for street cats trying to trying to find a warm place to sleep. I, I sort of worry about it in Auburn because it seems like we do have a relatively high amount of street cats compared to like where I where I grew up. Mm-hmm. But it's you know it's something to look out for. Man, but like a Tesla is pretty pretty airtight. It, it like it locks down when when you lock the car, but the the handles don't even come up off the. Well, I mean it, it's up in the engine bay. It's not like in the cabin of the car. But I but I'm saying I wonder if that if that uh property of security extends into the other work like I'd I'd like to see under the hood of a Tesla to see what, what crannies a cat could fit into. There cats are have you ever seen the like the cats cats are sort of like an octopus. Uh-huh. You know, if they can get their nose through, they can fit their entire body through. Which I I don't think is true, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Um you know, they they can get themselves into some difficult situations in some small, small, small places. They're not like dogs. They're persistent. Dog dogs will give up. They they're not getting inside of a Tesla. They're smart enough. <laughs> they're smart enough I, I've to seen know. It, like even even multiple Teslas, I've seen it happen. Now normally they call like a mechanic and not the fire department. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there was just like a, you know. Uh, not a lot of fires that day. <laughs> I feel like generally when a cat is in distress, the first call is the fire department, whether it be stuck in a tall tree or in a in a See, Tesla. Also, I don't know if I've ever seen that happen in real life. Like that that seems like a very cartoon thing to happen. A cat stuck in a tall tree. Like I used to be relatively close with the fire department and I never heard of them going to find a cat. I I don't know. That's that's I don't know how firefighters became our symbol for the cat retrieval squad. I think it's the ladders. Yeah. I guess no other e- EMS carries ladders. People have lofty ideas of what ladders are capable of. You can't trust police to go get your cat for you. Mm-mm. No ladders. Not enough ladders in the PD. <laughs> um, that's a Porsche. That's not a Tesla. All right. Are you just looking at pictures over there trying, trying, to, to, trying, trying to, to find to, nooks and crannies? I'm trying to imagine a cat inside one of these vehicles, but it seems like the, the engine block. I'm, I'm in my mind palace. Pictures are pretty cat. under lock and key over at Tesla. So um, I'm just perturbed by the fact that they had to partially disassemble the car. Well, like, so so Tesla's for aerodynamics. They have a basically a, a skid plate running under the entire car. So it's just flat under there, whereas a lot of cars you can, like, look up and see the bottom of the motor. You have to take off this plate to get up under there, which is... The last time I saw a cat get stuck in a Tesla, this was at, like, a dealership where, like, the mechanics were retrieving the cat. That's what they had to do. They have to drop that skid plate. Mm. 
That's I what see. they'd have to do on my car. I have one of those. Not, I don't have a Tesla, but I have the plate. You have the skid plate. It's it's more to keep you know rocks from getting into my motor, but basically a Tesla if your car has a skid plate. Yeah, basically. All right, we've also got another story here. Uh, a bear. Um, fa- fans of the show will remember Fat Bear Week from last week and the spirited discussion uh, between Chris and Davis over which of their bears were the fattest bears in Alaska. Um, bear bear news continues as the bears continue to. Uh, get fattened up for the winter. A bear in Ontario has struggled to steal a large pumpkin from a porch in Ontario. This is coming uh, from yesterday. An Ontario family's home security camera was rolling when a bear, looks to be a black bear, visited their front porch to steal a large pumpkin and found the task more difficult than expected. Ashley LaRose of Sudbury said she had just finished up putting up the fall decorations in her front porch when a late-night visit from a hungry bear was received. The bear had already eaten a couple of smaller pumpkins when it attempted to walk off with a large one. The video recorded by LaRosa's security camera shows the bear attempting to unsuccessfully carry the pumpkin in its paws before switching to carrying the gourd within its mouth. The bear makes it only a short distance before losing its grip, and then the bear gives up and leaves the pumpkin behind. I I know it's accurate, but I don't like calling them gourds. (laughs) It's like a square rectangle thing. I I guess so. Like pumpkin. Pumpkins are, of course, gourds, but when you say gourds, it's like a, like, you think of like a long neck squash, you know? Yeah. You know, the more I grow up, I think the square rectangle thing might be cap. We need to bring on a mathematician. Like, I, I think that might not be true. It <laughs> has to be true. Come on now. They're parallelograms. Um, Square's not a rectangle. All right. All right. Settle down over there, Grayson. All right. Have you ever had a, um, <laughs> an animal make a visit to your abode other than a spider? Um, we've had... We've had a couple raccoons show up. We've we've never had bears, thankfully. We live in the middle of the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, raccoons. We've seen possums. My grandma has alligators. Um, you know, all the fun stuff. Yeah, that the you stand, want. standard stuff. I know. Uh, she also has outdoor cats, which she has to be careful of. We used to live next to the woods, and deer would come and eat our flowers a lot. The deer are honestly like. I wish we had more deer. The deer Whoa. and Hoover were good because you just see them around. Okay. But they weren't necessarily hanging out in the neighborhoods. Um, they kept their distance. Yeah. The other problem was the geese. Hoover the, geese were bad. Um, I know there's there, there's that Netflix show, Night on Earth, and there's a great episode where a moose comes and eats somebody's pumpkin off their front porch on Halloween. Wait, what's that show? It's called Night on Earth. What's it about? It's a, you know, it's a traditional nature documentary. But, oh. <laughs> but everything is... Uh, Shot at night using like low, a, low light cameras. A goofy comedy where a moose eats a camera. I think you you could rewrite it. And, and it's it's a it's a very it's a classic storyline. Yeah, moose eats pumpkin. All right, <laughs> we're gonna head to a quick break. <laughs> and when we come back, plenty more to get to here on Compact Discourse. Uh, final segment of the show. Final segment of Tuesday. We will be back tomorrow at 8 a.m. for a Wednesday show. We're also gonna be on the green space for Heyday tomorrow from. 10 to 2 right after the show gets done with so don't go anywhere we got 15 more minutes of compact discourse coming up after a quick break you're listening to compact discourse on wegl 91.1 and wegl fm
Hello, Auburn. Welcome back to Compact Discourse. Thank you for spending your Tuesday morning with us here in the booth in the Harold Melton Student Center. I'm, of course, your host, Jack Hart, joined alongside Station Manager Grayson Moyer. Plenty to talk about here on the final segment of Compact Discourse. We want to remind you that this show is, of course, Monday through Thursday, 8 to 10 a.m. Central Time. You can catch uh, Dr. Punk, Mr. Stanwick, in on our Friday mornings during our normal time slot if you want to you know, if you get tired of my voice after four days, uh, most people do. So check that one out if you haven't already. We've also got plenty of great shows coming up on Weagle as well, including a great lineup on Wednesday, including the Woodstock Hour, One More Hour, Happy Days with Jay, and Cheetah Print. Plenty of good stuff coming up on a Weagle Wednesday. We've also got uh, good stuff coming up tomorrow. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Today. Um, easy to get those confused. Uh, Heyday is tomorrow. Of course, uh, WGL will be hanging out on the campus green space from 10 to 2, uh, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Come and listen to some music. Come get some free stuff, free food from SGA. It is heyday in Auburn tradition dating back to World War II. You aren't going to want to miss that one. So head on over to the green space, 10 to 2, a, uh, 10 to 2 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, and then today we've got Will Root's show from 5 to 7 p.m. Why So Serious, probably one of the best music shows on WGL. JP probably making an appearance on that one, as he usually does. So 5 p.m. tonight, Why So Serious, right here on WEGL. Uh, station Manager Grayson, do you have any other announcements you'd like to make about our beloved WEGL station? Sure, if you like how any of that sounds or you're interested in doing this sort of thing yourself, like everyone who has been on this show does, um, our new DJ cutoff for the semester is October 15th. That's right, this Friday. That's Friday. Um, if you're wanting to get involved and be on the air on your own, right? You want your own show? You have to be sort of through our process a little bit um, by the October 15th. Um, if you're interested in that, you can email us at wegl at auburn.edu if you're not already part of the organization. That, Or you can, you know, get on our socials, DM us on Instagram, but we prefer the email wegl at auburn.edu. Now, there are other opportunities. There's stuff that's off air, like our event crew who helps us run live events in our concert series here on campus. And also our marketing committee that works on our socials and just our marketing items in general. So don't hesitate. If you want to be on the air or uh, or you want to be on the air by yourself, you got to be in now. Um, even if you join late, you'll still have the opportunity to co-host, come on shows like Compact Discourse, um, things like that. But if you're interested in starting, you need to start now. Mm -hmm. And you can continue to listen to WEGL 24 hours a day right here on your terrestrial radio, or you can... Just go to our website, WEGLFM.com, click that Listen Live boombox, hit the play button, or go over to the Listen Live tab. We got rock music coming up at 10 a.m. when we get out of here today. As always, DJP will probably be DJing the rock hour on Wednesday if you want to stick around for that one and get a request on the show. We're also expanding our local music block, which is going to almost has two hours of content right now. So listen in at noon on most days to hear some local music from local artists and including some that have been on WEGL in the past on a Weagle session and the like. So big, big changes happening just a at revision. WEGL. Local music is coming very soon. We haven't, we haven't put that in just yet. It's coming. Um, yeah, it's coming. Probably later this week. We need to do some testing on it. But yeah, it's, it'll be here soon. It will be here soon. Um, we're also pretty excited that we might be playing in the student center very soon. So... Yep. If you're a, a student center regular, you might just be uh, in for a real treat as, as WGL might be the primary music source for the Harold Mountain Student Center. All right. 
Uh, we also have one more announcement. The Fall Festival uh, is being put on by Auburn UPC and Tiger Knights. That is uh, the 15th this Friday from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. If you uh, feel so inclined, you can head on over to the gre- green space and watch the movie Hocus Pocus. There's also a costume contest, a pumpkin palooza, if you can um, try to decipher what that is. I hope there are no bears there. Maybe that is the pumpkin palooza, is the bear trying to steal the pumpkin. Um, and there's also a costume contest and a zip line, apparently, which... All right, I, I'm, I'm into it. I'm interested. There was a zip line on the graphic, and I didn't believe it, but then I swiped over, and I saw Obby on a zip line, so... Well, they this, just let off. Are this, they just going to make Obby zip for an hour? There was a there was a girl next to Obby on on a on a uh, parallel line. So hmm. the, apparently this is a this is a proof positive. This is concept works, and they're rolling back out the zip line. So if you're even just interested in zip lines, I guess uh, Campus Green 8 p.m. on Friday, uh, where we'll be set up for Hay Day tomorrow. So plenty of exciting stuff going on in this mid October week on the plains. All right. It is it is spooky month. It is October. It is uh, one of the best months of the year, and it is it has been said that Disney fans can see a quote unquote real ghost at the haunted mansion. It is said by who? It is said by by Disney. They've ins- lied about this before. InsideTheMagic.com. Oh, okay. So liars. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read this article to you. Um, try to keep your comments to a minimum. <laughs> uh, Disney parks are known for their legendary entertainment, but one attraction seems to stand out above the rest regarding an immersive storytelling. That is, of course, the Haunted Mansion. Walt Disney World's version of the ride features a chilling detail that most fans have never noticed. The Haunted Mansion is famous for its spooky set design, classic songs, and groundbreaking storytelling that was over a decade in the making, from supposedly encountering actual paranormal activities to rumors of people's ashes being sprinkled in the ride. The Haunted Mansion just can't keep guests out of its doorless halls. Upon boarding your Doom Buggy in the Haunted Mansion attraction at Disneyland at Walt Disney World, the foolish mortal on board encounters a hitchhiking ghost, spooky stories, an endless hallway, cloaked hackbox ghost, and through classic showpieces, the ageless thematic elements. But one element in particular lets guests see a glowing orb pass by one of the Haunted Mansion's windows at both Disneyland and in Disney World, giving the effect that a ghostly resident resides in the Haunted Mansion ride. So, there's a scary glowing orb in the window. I, okay, that that feels like a cop-out as far as get to see a real ghost on the Haunted For someone, for a ride that has the audacity to talk about your ghost host following you home, if it's just an orb, like, really guys, can we not do better? I think we could do a lot better. Can we not lie a little more interestingly? That's, I mean, it's Imagineering. Okay, so the small and unnoticeable effect, sometimes unnoticeable, date back to 1992, but the traveling light effect could have been present in Walt Disney World's version of the ride opening in 1971. So, uh... I, I like the idea more of them just, like, sneaking extra effects without telling anybody. Yeah, I mean, the Haunted Mansion is kind of like the playground for Imagineering. They can just do stuff without telling anybody and just blame it on the ghosts. Ooh, I, I, I hadn't even thought about it that way. I like that. All right, and uh, this this article says rumors of ashes being spread on the ride. Yeah, that's that's well confirmed. That's like that, that's a thing that happens a lot. They have a whole code for it. It's it's called a HEPA code because mm. they have to get a, a big vacuum. Yes, and I think in, in COVID times, we're all familiar with HEPA. Yeah. I don't uh, want the dust coming out of the vacuum afterwards, so it has to be filtered. They just recycle the ash air back into the ride. It's like the yeah, it's it's just like the water on pirates. Mmm. Bromine. So the Haunted Mansion, probably the best ride at Disney World. 
in terms of like show pieces. Yeah, not like W, but I'll agree. Not I, like thrills and chills, yeah. but like I love the ride. I, I love the atmosphere that it has. Mm-hmm. It's not. I I have you know special places in my heart for other rides. I can't call it my favorite, but it's it's a great ride. It's up there. I have qualms with it. Um, it 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 is a it is an omni mover, so it it often you know. The chain's only as strong as the weakest link, so you you might be uh, stopping every once in a while. Stop. Uh, but you know it's just more time. It, it, if it's cool, if he gets in like the ballroom, you can check out all the all the Pepper's ghosts yeah. uh, doing their thing. But it's not cool if he gets stuck in like the hallway with the eyes. It's worth noting. Not that much to look out. The the cool thing about the Omni Mover, and this is not a Disney suggestive way to enjoy the ride. Um, but they're close enough together that if you're, I don't know, a particularly tall person, the next car is within reach of yours. <laughs> so you can... a, fa- a favorite bit of my dad at Disney World would be to, he'd usually get on a car with me and my mom and my sister would be on the next car down because it's like a two-person ride. And at one point, my dad, with the ride was stopped and my dad took off his rain jacket and threw it onto my mom and sister. <laughs> And it scared them so badly that they, like, startled everyone else on the ride by screaming. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure you could also just reach over and just, like, grab somebody or just enter your hand into their ride vehicle. You know, your ghost host says to keep all your hands inside the doom buggy at all times. What's he going to do, haunt me? He's I'm not afraid fo- of a ghost he's gonna host. He's going to follow you home. He's going to alert a cast member and have me walked out of the ride. Have you put in Disney ghost jail? He's going to make your haunted room actually stretch. (laughs) Put you in the haunted cell. I think we shall continue Haunted Mansion chat on another episode of Compact Discourse. This is a deep well to which we will return many times. This is one of my favorite rides at the uh, beloved Disney World. I I think it's also a favorite ride of... uh, Harrison Smith and the folks over at Nerdcore, if you're uh, old enough to remember that, longtime Weagle fans. So we may even uh, pull him in to have him weigh in on the Haunted Mansion discourse. Wait, really? I think I think it might you're be worth- You're going to get Scuba on the show? I think it might be worth, worth a shot. I'll text him on LinkedIn. He's my favorite connection. <laughs> this is good. That's high honor, Scuba. I, I, I want to get Scuba on here. All right. Uh, enough for comp, uh, <laughs> Haunted Mansion discourse. I think that's going to do it for Compact Discourse <laughs> today as uh, the ghost of this show continues to haunt me. Thank you so much for listening to Compact Discourse right here on WEGL 91.1 FM, however you joined us today, whether that be from your radio antenna, WEGLFM.com, or by listening to our podcast. Of course, we want to remind you that all of our previous episodes are available as a podcast, completely PSA break-free. Wherever podcasts are heard, just search for Compact Discourse. Look for that orange and blue CD logo. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CDiscAU for links to that said podcast, information about the show, and important updates, including today uh, when we had to start 15 minutes late. You can also tweet at us to get your voice on the show. Join the conversation. We are Auburn's only student-run morning show, so you don't want to miss it. You might want to go ahead and follow the station. WEGL on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok now at WEGL underscore AU as our dedicated team of marketing professionals are working tirelessly to provide you with high-quality content for fans of the station. And with that, with Jack Hart, Grayson Moyer, Davis Carroll, and everyone else who joined us on the show today, we wish you a great rest of your Tuesday. We will talk to you tomorrow, Wednesday, 8 a.m., for another exciting episode of Compact Discourse. Of course, this is Jack Hart signing off. And as always, War Eagle, go 1-0, attack the day, have a wonderful spooky month, and enjoy the fog while it still lasts.
Hey, you free tonight? <laughs>